So, all right, ladies and gents, I am uh, really excited to be here today uh, with David Smith. Um, David Smith is uh, the founder of Protopaxi, and I'll let him um, talk to you a little bit about his organization and his mission. But I'm um, just really excited to have David here. Just uh, kind of learned of, of Protopaxi actually recently, um, and uh, you know, really was excited with, with some of the things I was reading. I think you know a lot of a lot of really big themes for us here, uh, social change nation. So we're just looking really forward to. Uh, hearing his story. Um, so with, with that, just a little introduction to Davis. Davis, are you ready to get changerous today? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, let's go ahead and just get the ball rolling here. I want to get to know you a little bit. I, I, I've introduced uh, just a little bit about you. And did, I, did I pronounce the name right? Is that, is that yeah. It? Yep. Yep. Cotopoxy. 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 Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, why don't you know, I'll share just a little bit uh, with folks about you. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, your business? Sure. So um, I was uh, I was actually I, so I was when I was four years old, my family moved to Latin America. I'm, I'm American, but uh, grew up living abroad uh, in the developing world. And you know those those early years, I lived there for nine years, and then moved back to the U.S. as a teenager. And those early years of living in the developing world really impacted a lot of who I was. And um, I ended up spending uh, a lot of years afterwards also living in Latin America. So I've ended up spending about 15 years um, living outside the United States. And, you know, the last 10 years I've spent as an entrepreneur. Like when I graduated from school, I started my first business and was, you know, very fortunate that the businesses that I started did really well. But there was a piece of me that always knew something was missing. And, you know, it's it's interesting because we live our lives a certain way where, you know, we we believe in balance. You know, we believe in having a balance between work, you know, making money, and also a balance of like helping others, serving in our community, you know, spending time with our families. But when it came to business, I felt like we ran businesses a completely different way, where like the only focus was making a profit and maximizing shareholder value. And so, uh, you know, over the last uh, over the last ten years, I, I've kind of seen that. I found that I love entrepreneurship, but I knew that there was that piece missing, and so. Last year, I decided that I was ready to start a business that was different from anything I'd done before, where the purpose of the business was to help people. And so that's that's kind of what we're doing here. Cotopaxi is a, it's an outdoor gear brand, but every product that we make is raising money for different social causes around the world. Great. Awesome. Yeah, and we'll, we will go ahead and we'll, we'll dig into kind of the, the, the details of that because there's some great stories around, you know, what you guys do and, and, and why you do it. So I definitely want to I want to dig into that here, just a few for our listeners. But um, before we do that, I always like to start things off here. Um, we're, we're all about inspirational quotes, mantras, that kind of thing. Um, so I want to just get the ball rolling here, um, you know, with, with a, an inspirational quote, mantra that you've kind of, you know, lived your life by, settled on. Do, do you have one that would just pop up in your head right away? <laughs> Well, that's a that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a there's a great there's a great quote. Um, by an adventurer that I like. This adventurer's name is Roald Amundsen, and he's a, um, the first person to reach the South Pole. And um, when he when he reached the South Pole, um, it took several months for him to get there. But uh, you know, there was actually another. There was a British team that was also competing with this this guy to get to the South Pole first. And the British team arrived about 30 days later. And when they got there, they saw the Norwegian flag and a tent set up. And, you know, they, they went on and said basically how discouraged they were to see that, you know, their, all, they said all their dreams were gone. 
And they said, you know, this is such a miserable place, and they had to make their way back for several months. Um, sadly, we, that entire group, that British team, died on the way back. Um, but the Norwegian team made it back alive. And everyone started asking, you know, how did you guys do it? How did you make it there so much faster? How did you guys survive? You know, the British team had raised like seven times more money than this Norwegian team. And, you know, Amazon gave uh, a great response. And we actually have this, this up on our wall in our office. And it says, victory awaits him who has everything in order. And uh, I love that. I love that quote because it's, you know, this, as an entrepreneur, um, you know, that's, that's something that you, that, you have to, that you have to take seriously. It's, you know, you have, to, you have to prepare for success. And, you know, I think a lot of people think of entrepreneurs as people that just, um, you know, love risk and, you know, just jump into things without thinking. But that's actually not true. Uh, I think that the best entrepreneurs are ones that, that make sure everything is in order, that prepare for success. And that they're looking for looking to foresee any possible problems, hiccups, challenges, and prepare for those, and kind of like Amundsen did on his trip. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, victory awaits. How was it? Victory awaits those who have yeah, everything in order. Yeah, victory awaits him who has everything in order. And who has everything in order. Yeah, I think think a lot of great lessons there. Um, and, and what would you say? This is getting a little more specific in terms of inspiration. I think that that a lot of general inspiration for your work. What what specifically inspires you to do? The, the specific work that you do with, with the outdoor gear, gear and the specific causes that you choose? What would you say is your, your central inspiration there? Well, I mean, definitely the inspiration is just the people that I've met over the years that I've lived in these different countries. And so, um, for example, I lived in Bolivia for a couple of years, and I didn't live in some expat community. I, I lived with people. I lived in small villages. And you know, when you do that and you see the way that these people live and how much they love you and care for you and they have nothing but they're willing to give you everything that they have, it changes you inside. Um, you know, I actually, I remember um, when during that same, those two years that I was in Bolivia, my first Christmas away from my family, this is when I was 19 years old, you know, I was, I was away from my family and I, I called them on the phone Christmas morning and talked to them and when I got off the phone, I remember feeling really kind of melancholy just kind of down kind of feeling sorry for, my, for myself a little bit like wow i'm in this little remote village in bolivia and i'm away from my family i don't know anyone here and while i was loving it it was kind of christmas it was just it was kind of a sad sad morning for me but i i decided um a few weeks earlier that i would go visit this orphanage that i'd seen that i go visit on christmas and i got some gifts to bring over there to some of the kids and you know, I was, I didn't have much money, but I, I, you know, just small things, but that I thought could maybe, you know, make a difference. And I went over to this orphanage that afternoon on Christmas Day. And I immediately, it's funny, you know, I went from this feeling of feeling sorry for myself to just being so grateful. And I realized, my gosh, I have nothing to feel sorry for, my, for myself about. These children have nothing. They have no parents. They don't have anyone that loves them or cares about them every day. Um... They live in this little remote village in Bolivia. No one's coming there to bring gifts. You know, there's not like a, a big tourism community around there that's bringing in you know, a constant stream of, of school supplies or toys to them. They have nothing. And so, you know, it's just all these little experiences. I don't know that it's one big experience. It's just a, a combination of life experiences living in places where people have so little. And you just realize that you can make a difference. Uh, it doesn't cost much money. You don't have to be rich. Um, you just have to have to have a desire and you can you can change people's lives 
Oh, that's that's great, and I, I love that, and I love, you know, when I, I talk to a lot of people about this, and when I hear themes develop, and I think a couple of, of themes there, you know, I'd heard someone say it before, you, you get a healthy dose, dose of perspective, and it can can shift the way you feel about things, and then just the, the perspective or, the, or the, the belief that, you know, it doesn't take a ton of money, it just takes that kind of attitude and that willingness um, that really opens a lot of doors and opens a lot of eyes, I think. So, yeah, yeah great, absolutely. great stuff there. Well, perfect. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of you know the, the generally inspiration pieces I wanted to wanted to chat with you about. I want to go ahead and shift gears just a little bit here um, and talk kind of a little bit more specific in terms of, of your particular venture. Um, and I think you know we, we we've talked pretty clearly in terms of what what distinguishes it. Um, but can you tell me kind of why you chose the specific um, issues that you're involved with? I know you 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 do some work with Charity Water, and why don't you fill us in a little bit on on a few of the other ones and kind of why those specific issues and how they they fit in with your mission? Yeah. So you know, as I as I was really reflecting this last year when I was deciding that I wanted to build a business around helping people. You know, it's interesting. I, I didn't. I came up with the business a little bit backwards. I didn't. I didn't come up with the business, the idea for this outdoor industry business, and then think, okay, how could I go have a social impact? It was quite the opposite. It was actually um, me thinking about, okay, I want to build a business that can help people. What would be the best possible business to build that could allow me to do that? And um, I ended up deciding on the outdoor industry very quickly um, because it's an industry I've always loved and cared about, and I just felt there was a great fit. And um, so a lot of these causes I already had in mind before I even knew what business I was going to build. And they're, they're, they're causes that I've been involved in in different ways or countries that I've been involved in or had some kind of interaction with that I felt like there were needs that needed to be met. And, um, you know, there's some great business models that have, you know, like Tom Shoes, for instance, this great mm-hmm. model, this buy one, give one model where every time you buy a pair of shoes, someone gets a pair of shoes and, you know, I, I love those, that model. You know, the, our model's a little different. It's not a buy one, give one model. But I, I kind of felt like, hey, um, you know, maybe people don't need shoes. May, you know, we know that there's like three and a half million people dying every year just from drinking dirty water. Um, you know, there, there are millions and millions of children all around the world that aren't, aren't being educated because of, the, of just happen to be, they happen to be born in the wrong place geographically in the world. So... You know, I, I felt like, you know, there's certain things that can that can really have a positive impact that don't cost much. Clean water saves people's lives. Um, you know, there's there's girls, it's predominantly women and girls who have to go fetch water in, these, in a lot of these villages around the world, and they, which means they don't have time to go to school. And this, this should not be happening in the 21st century. And so... You know, the water not only not only saves people's lives, but it also allows women to get educated, which is so so important. And um, so, you know, primarily our PACs raise money for educational causes because I feel like if we can ed- educate children or help better educate children. This can this can lift them out of poverty. And then, you know, our water bottles raise money for clean water projects that you know that I kind of talked about already. So these are these are causes that I really feel pretty passionate about. Great. No, yeah, lots, lots of amazing stuff there. And I think the thing I love most, another thing I, I hear quite a few times that everyone I talk to is, you know, it's, these are issues that you were passionate about that you've been exposed to at other points in your life. And, and you know, I think that's everything I've heard is just so important to, to, to fit those in um, and to make it a central part of things. You know, otherwise it just, I think some, sometimes it can then become an afterthought if it's not something that's just really central to, to who you are and who your company is, too. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, absolutely. Great. 
Great. So um, now a lot of the organizations I talk to, some of them are um, for-profits, some are non-profits, and some are kind of a mix of the two. Um, so would you mind sharing with us a little bit of the inside scoop in terms of how you all settled on, on your particular model? Yeah, so we are a Delaware Benefit Corporation. Okay. Um, we're one of the first Delaware Benefit Corporations. And of course, it's yeah. A new, yeah, it, it, it's a new type of entity, right? So this, mm-hmm. this hasn't existed. When I incorporated my last several businesses, Benefit corporations didn't even exist. Um, but I really felt it was the perfect type of entity to set up. And, you know, I actually had attorneys, uh, attorneys that I've worked with for years that have helped me with my last venture-backed businesses that their advice to me was to not set up a benefit corporation. They felt like I should set up a C corporation like everyone else because they felt like investors were not going to be willing to invest in a benefit corporation. Um, because a benefit corporation, what it does is it allows the directors of the company, like me, to use our profits to go, we, we can give away our profits. We can go do good with them. And they just felt like, man, Silicon Valley investors, New York investors, they're just not going to be cool with that. Um, and you know what? I just told them I don't care. You know, I, this is something that I, I'm choosing to start this business because this is this needs to be the core mission of what we do. And this needs to be the core of the brand, not something on the periphery, not something we kind of sweep under the rug and, and pull out later. And so we incorporated as a benefit corporation from day one. I never incorporated as something else and then converted to a benefit corporation. And I went out and actually was able to go raise venture capital, uh, investors in New York, Silicon Valley. Um, and some of the most prominent investors loved the, loved the business. And, you know, it did not keep them from investing. And so, um, you know, I'm a big believer that, that businesses can have a positive impact, that businesses need to do more. Uh, we need more purpose-driven businesses in the world that, that give back to people and planet, and that's what this benefit corporation movement's about. Um, you know, we're based in Salt Lake City, Utah, you know, right here at the, at the foothills of the mountains, and um, when I was incorporating, I didn't have an option to register as a benefit corporation in Utah because they didn't exist. Only a few states have them. Mm-hmm. So when I moved here, I actually, I, I made this like a real effort that I wanted to push forward, so I went and um, earlier this year, I testified in front of the Utah uh, State Senate and the House, and it, we were we pushed forward this benefit corporation bill, and it unanimously passed both, and uh, it was just actually signed into law by the governor, so I was in the governor's office a week ago today signing that, that bill into law. So I'm a big advocate of benefit corporations. I think we need a lot more of them, um, and so that's that's the that's the kind of entity that we set up for for our business for Cotopaxi. Yeah, no, that's that's terrific. And and I, I was familiar with the Benefit Corporation. You're actually the first one I've interviewed, so I love that. Oh, yeah. um, and I love, you know, with social entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs in general. I mean, I love you you have an issue like you're in a state that didn't have a benefit corporation. Like, okay, well, I'm gonna get that passed. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. you just you just went through and did what needed to get done. I, I love that. I love that. Um, so while we're kind of on that on that subject, what's what's the organizational accomplishment or the success of the organization that you'd say you're mo- most proud of along the way? Of of Cotopaxi? Yeah. Well, I you know I think um, we're a brand new business, and so we actually mm-hmm. we had our launch event a week ago. Um, so we are exactly one week old today. Uh, okay. So you know we don't have a long history. That said, um, we did something that has never been done. Um, at our launch, and uh, I can tell you a little bit about that, and I think you'll you'll actually find it to be pretty fun. We we decided that we wanted to launch. We thought, you know what, if we're going to have this impact in the world, if we want to go change the world, we need to go launch in a big way. 
And so we came up with this idea called the Questable, and it's it's basically a 24-hour outdoor uh, adventure. And we had teams of up to four people register. We had over 1,400 people that ended up registering to race. And then um, they had 24 hours to go rack up as many points as possible. And you can, you can get points from doing outdoor little micro-adventures. Some of them are, make, you know, climbing a mountain or, or rock climbing. Um, others were, you know, go eat a street taco with no hands or milk a mammal that's not a human. Um, just like all these little random challenges that they could go do as a team. And um, it was amazing. We actually, and a bunch of the challenges were actually giving back to the community. So we had 5,000 people that came to the finale, which is we had a big music festival. And over that 24 hours, we had over 3,000, uh, we actually had 3,162 miles of trails that were hiked. Um, we actually, um, we had 618 hours of public service that was performed, so people visiting nursing homes or um, going to a soup kitchen or to the Humane Society. Um, we also had uh, almost 3,000 pieces of garbage that were picked up in local trails and parks, 200 boxes of clothing that were donated. So it was just an incredible, incredible event where we had thousands of people that were mobilized for the, to be a part of this movement, a movement of you know, building a, a brand or revealing a brand to the world that is about helping people, that's about giving back to the community, and that, you know, makes incredible outdoor gear. So it was it was a pretty cool event. That's, that's great. You said 16,000 hours donated? Uh, sorry, um, 618 hours of, of public service okay. were donated. Six, okay. And then, yeah, and six, that's... yeah, so over four, over that's over the 1,400 uh, participants that were, that were doing it. So, and... Uh, and that's that's actually per team, not not per individual. So that that was um, team hours. So if you, you know each team had between two and four. So you know definitely you know probably somewhere around two thousand total man hours of public service done. So um, yeah, which is pretty awesome in twenty four hours. You know this is these are just and these aren't people we knew. These are just sure. people that heard about what we were doing and wanted to be a part of it. So a part of it. Yeah. No, and I and I, I love that too. That that kind of. Uh, cause-based mentality and building a mentality of followers and people who really believe in and are loyal to to what you're doing. Um, you know, it's, that's just amazing. And 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 doing a launch that incorporates service, I think, is just really a testament to to what you know these social businesses and, and social entrepreneurs are all about. So yeah, love, love hearing that story. What unique challenges or a unique challenge would you say you face trying to run this kind of an organization um, in in the business world? Yeah, you know, I think um, I think our biggest challenge, uh, because of the type of business that we decided to be, you know, we we decided that we weren't going to sell our gear to other retailers. So you can't go to a retail store, an outdoor retail store shop, and find our gear. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to sell it exclusively online or through our own channels. And the reason we do that is because that allows us to have additional margin, which we can then use to give to these social causes, and that we can also use and, and we can invest back into the gear. So we have designers that joined us from, you know, that worked previously at companies like the North Face, Nike, Columbia, Marmot, um, you know, Black Diamond and Gregory. We have these award-winning gear designers, and we're using a lot of the same factories that, that make products for all these amazing brands. Um, but we can actually put a little more money into, like, the zippers and the finishes and the materials because we have this extra margin. Um, and we also have that margin to go give back to the world. But the challenge then is we have to create awareness around our brand. People aren't going to go find us in a retail store, so they have to go find us on our website. They have to go find us, you know, they have to hear about us somehow. So 
so the biggest challenge we have is actually just creating awareness around our brand and building this really cool brand. Uh, fortunately, we have an awesome team. We have a team that's built brands before. You know, I've spent a lot of years building different businesses, so we we believe that we can do it. And uh, I think this this launch event that we have is a testament to that. You know, we've we built a lot of awareness in a very short amount of time around our brand and around our mission. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I really love the story of that launch and how everything just kind of kind of fit together with with the launch there. Well, well, great. We we got some some great insight there. You know, preparing for victory and 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 tying into something that you're passionate about, your heart's in, have your background, and weaving that into to your business mission. Um, and I have uh, just one last quick round here. Just want to run uh, through what I call the blitz. Just have two quick questions for you, and then we'll uh, let you just close out by telling everyone uh, just the best way to to reach you, get in touch with your company, and then. Uh, We'll we'll let you go. So, Davis, who's your hero? Oh, my hero. Um, my hero is a guy named Steve Gibson. Um, I read about him when I was a student um, in the student newspaper. He was a successful entrepreneur in his 60s at the time, and he sold his business, and he moved to the Philippines, and he bought this huge colonial mansion, uh, and he didn't live in it himself. He and his wife went and lived in this little simple apartment uh, in the Philippines, and they started housing 25 poor Filipinos at a time in this house. And he taught them how to start businesses over two months. And then he'd graduate that group and he'd bring in another group of people over two months. And he started doing this and, and just changing hundreds and ultimately thousands of lives through the, through doing this. And so he's still running this program in the Philippines. It's been almost 15 years now. Um, so in the Philippines and now he's expanded to Mexico and Peru. And he did this out of his own pocket um, and through donations of, of friends and people he knows. So... He's someone that I really admire and I've admired for a long time, um, not because he's a successful entrepreneur, but just because of the effort he's made to have a positive impact on people's lives. Terrific. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. Uh, first thing everyone can do to start changing the world. Uh, sorry, the, the question again? First thing everyone can do to start changing the world. Um, you know, I, w I would say, you know, the first thing we need to do is just remember that we don't need a lot of money to change the world. Um, it's more about our efforts and the time that we're willing to give that's going to, to, that's going to make a positive impact on people and less about the money that we're giving. So I think the first thing people should do is think, what can I do to, to think less about myself and to think more about how I can help people in my local community? And so if, if everyone did that, we'd definitely, we'd definitely make an impact in the world. Terrific. Well, Davis, thanks for everything. Um, you know, this has been terrific. I think we got a lot. We have a lot of great insights in here. I just want to, you know, give you the last word. If there's anything you want to share with folks about your organization or how we can get, you know, find you, uh, just let us know right now. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the time you've given me. And you know, everyone, I need your help. I need, I need you to help us spread the word around uh, businesses that are having positive social impact. Talk to people about Cotopaxi. You can go to our website and read more about us at Cotopaxi.com. Spelled C O T O P A X I dot com. Sounds perfect. And folks, I will go ahead and put in, in my notes, I'll also put that so, so you can find that and, and locate uh, Davis's organization very easily. But, well, Davis, thanks again. And, uh, you know, great interview today here. Really appreciate you taking the time to join us and, and share some of your insights and Change Nation. We'll catch you on the flip side.